This is Simon Transparently Awakening the heart of humanity As we see beyond the lies And open our eyes to realize This is our time to rise Welcome everybody to another Simon Transparently And today I'm with my recent new friend uh, Aaron And your second name? Kleinerman Kleinerman, Aaron Kleinerman See, I don't even know his second name. I don't even need to know his second name. We're just, we're on first name terms. Yeah. <laughs> first name across the rice fields. <laughs> exactly. So some of you may have seen a talk that, that, um, that Aaron and I did actually around laughter and a topic that came up where Aaron was actually holding a men's symposium, an opportunity for men to dive deeper into all aspects of what it means to actually be human. Let's just take, it, not just necessarily man, but human. And one of the topics that came up was this uh, integrated masculine, what it means to be an integrated human. And there was a, uh, an interesting uh, thing that happened to us during that time was, there was this sense that the word integrated and masculine was actually dangerous and... Malicious. Malicious, right? <laughs> and we were like, dangerous and malicious, wow. Interesting. So we created a talk about that and also around laughter, the power of laughter and how whatever's being thrown at us right now at this time, how we can navigate through it and not getting sucked into the density that wants to hold us down. Mm. So we don't have to necessarily talk about that, brother, but I just wanted to let people know how one of the ways that we came together was like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I always just love to welcome you in just to say, you know, how you're feeling, what's alive in you in this moment before I start maybe hmm. prying you for other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to be here. I love what you're creating with this. And uh, yeah, what's alive in me right now is this unprecedented place that we're in as a humanity right now. And I feel like there's so much that's being brought to the surface, all the chaos, all the confusion, all of the all the things that have maybe been pushed down and pushed aside and all the areas really where people's power exists. And, you know, one of the dialogues I'm, I'm really enjoying is just where can humans find the place to call back power back into their own life to, to move beyond a lot of the really massive illusions that are being, you know, played out in politics and, you know, the medical world and, and all of the things, the virus and all the stuff happening in the world to really come back into where does homeostasis re reside in here. And, and I know in my own journeys, even the last few months, that's really where the call it the power has been to look at what limiting beliefs am I holding on to that's framing my reality and how can I let go of some of those beliefs to actually create a reality that I desire. Hmm. So it's just... There's a lot of different topics inside of that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we, well, we can have fun with that right now, right? That's yeah. the whole point. Hmm. Hmm. So I think I'd love, yeah, I'd love us to to dive into that part that you said at the that you said there's these limiting beliefs, right? Or these somebody called limiting the beliefs the other day, like learning. They 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 sort of reframed it to learning beliefs because you know from a limiting belief, if we look at actually why we have it. We can use it as a tool to, you know, to move beyond it, right? Mm. It's sort of that reframe of, because limiting sometimes sounds like, oh, you know, you're limited, that's bad, don't have it, as opposed to like, what's that showing me? Mm -hmm. But let's jump in there if you're happy to around like, what have you uncovered for yourself around that? Around, is there any specific limiting beliefs that you notice within yourself that you're mm. like, hmm, that's popped up in the last few months that really needs to 
not come with me as I move forward? Well, well, I'd say for one, it's just been around this place, you know, ha being a teacher that's normally traveling and putting on events and workshops and being localized. Like I had some online content, but one of the things that really shifted my belief of like, well, the only way I can make money is being in front of people in the human flesh and having the online thing on the side. But now it's like, wow, there's a whole other world that a whole other global platform that opens up when the belief changes in terms of how people can interact and connect. And, you know, that that I've seen in my own world to the, to the place of, wow, I really can, can tap into where I can make an impact into people's lives that I didn't necessarily, it's not that I didn't know how to before, but I didn't have necessarily the, the framework to do that in a format that allows people to step into an online, fo online forum and really evolve and grow. And there's so many people, like I, I think when a lot of the, 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 the society that's, you know, be, we're in closed doors and a lot of the places where we're being pushed down, when people actually have, have permission to go back outside, have permission to go and go explore, and I think people are doing that right now, there's so many people ready to wake up and are waking up right now and recognizing, and I think that waking up is happening simply because a lot of the places where individuals were putting power and saying, hey, oh, they know how to do this and they know how to do this. And I think most people are realizing no one knows how to do fuck all right now. Like it's a whole wide open drawing port that we're in. So whatever you think you know how to do to make money or whatever you think you know how to do to be a father or to show up in service or to, you know, to, to garden, you know, and, and to plant a, a beautiful garden. All of that is being redefined with this almost like new, I don't know, new technology, new awareness, new capacity that's kind of entering into our consciousness as a lot of old systems are falling away. And the planets are showing this. There's, there's so many cosmological, energetic, massive paradigm shifts happening right now. It's really a fun time to be alive. So the, the place of limiting beliefs with myself is like, recognizing where I was holding back some areas of, of how I can be more abundant, not just financially, but how can I be more abundant in the way that I'm serving others? How can I be more abundant in the way that I'm making a beneficial impact with the wisdom of my soul? Mm. And that fucking turns me on, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So you're feeling expansion mm. from the whole experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you, obviously that isn't the case for many people, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on where they're, their point of references or how they're perceiving what's unfolded and what's your take on this yeah this idea because you know we've heard for many years i know you've been teaching and supporting people for many years so we've heard this idea of awakening right mm. we hear it thrown around and many people throw it around about oh having this awakening and ascension and so on and and like i like this idea of the the heart opening right this heart opening but again for some that's such a concept right it's like what does it what does it mean for the heart to open what does it mean to awaken what does it mean to ascend right now and and I'd love to hear your your sort of your view on that, because most of the times we've had conversations, I've really appreciated your sort of broad but also grounded perspective on what's happening as opposed to necessarily maybe just being up in the clouds and like, you know, it's all love and light and it's all just it's all this is a great time because I very much resonate with this is a phenomenal time. But yeah, like how how do how are how are you seeing that right now? Because as we know, when everything crumbles, which for me is a great opportunity of death, right? Everything's crumbling. It's like, and if you're not attached to that, which is crumbling, then it's like, 
at last, right? Or yes, uh-huh. and it's like, what's going to birth from that? It's, that doesn't seem like a an end point. It it feels like a a death rebirth point. It feels like it's a big rebirthing. Hmm. So I don't know what that sparks in you, but how have you been perceiving that unfolding? I mean, I, I, the way I relate a lot of this journey is a you know as a soul incarnate as a human i'm a ship's captain by trade so i spent years working out at sea operating big you know cruise ships and oil tankers and you know massive thousand foot vessels and that's kind of where i found my soul if you will um and one of the things when you're on the bridge of a ship you often will have a navigator and a tow navigator and the, the co-navigator is assimilating all of the information, taking the wind, the weather, the currents, all of it, you know, finding out, oh, this port has this issue and this is happening here, and taking all this information and then feeding it to the, the navigator, who then says, okay, we're going to go right 90, or we're going to, you know, turn around and go the other way. And what, I, I use that analogy because for most people living life, the, the heart is the co-navigator and the mind is a navigator. And what I feel like this awakening is doing, actually, is recognizing that the mind needs to be the co-navigator and the heart needs to be the navigator. So that when the, the decision comes, it's not the mind trying to prove itself into reality. The mind is here, and the mind quite associated more to the ego and like this part of us that you know wants to be validated and proved and everything, is just a, a simulating... Um, mechanism to take in the kindness, the cruelty, the good, the bad, the, the duality of our humanness to then say, okay, heart, this is, this is what I have for you. And then what science has actually proven, I'm, I'm sure you read into this as well, is that the heart has a greater capacity to actually make decisions for our life. And the heart, to me, feels like the organ or the decision-making capacity within us that's most directly connected to the soul. So, the awakening, what I'm seeing is people recognizing, wow, all of this that I perceived as good, there's an equal amount of bad. All of this that I perceived as being really kind, there's an equal amount of cruelty. Because this world we live in is duality in nature, and we have to learn how to navigate this duality in order to master the human experience and, and truly live from the essence of our soul. So the, the awakening I see happening is people recognizing, oh, wow, I've been on this trajectory going forth, but I'm seeing a massive fucking thunderstorm. And, like, there's, there's a lot of shit going down. There's a lot of things. So I don't need to, like, be perseverant to go through the thunderstorm to completely fall apart. I can say, hey, I want to go right 90. Maybe I need to completely change how I'm showing up as a vessel, but I need to go a different way, and I can see a different outcome by doing that. And so the awakening process for me feels like I can take in all of the information, not judge it all, feel what's alive, feel like the, the pain and the frustration that you've been on this vessel navigating into a thunderstorm, and that can feel painful. It's not to negate that, that feeling part of us, but it's just to like, okay, thank you. I want to go this way. I want to change. And, and I think... Uh, you know, and I, I'm, we're both not really in a mainstream world, like we live in, in a more of an expanded place, but having conversations with people back in, in the U.S. where I'm from, I think there's a lot of people that are going to have challenges going back to just li- go back to the normal life. Mm-hmm. Go back to, okay, let me just go work back in my normal job and do the things I'm doing. Like, it, it's like, if that's still there, okay, but there's a whole lot of stuff that's come up, and I think it's really bringing a lot of deep questioning 
into people's reality. And, and I, I love the word question. I remember from a, a mentor of mine when I was first studying a lot of this field, Dr. Martini, he, he uh, expressed the word question as being quest ion. So when we have a question, the ions inside of our mind are questing to recognize a new pathway of, of understanding reality. Mm. And when we can shift the way that we're observing reality, then we actually can see the full spectrum of how reality is existing within us. And then our soul knows best how to move forward. Not our mind trying to be a good boy or good girl or get a pat on the back and say, well, you were, you, you know, you were great all of the things that we were, you know, that were pushed upon us as a child. Instead, it's like, oh, okay, I can, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm kind, I'm cruel, I'm a fucking pain in the ass, as well as I'm brilliant, all the things in between. Take that and then, and then like take this essence of why am I fucking here? Like, the, the, there's not a mistake that we're having this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. There's not a mistake that you're listening to this right now. There's an essence inside of you. There's an essence inside of me. There's an essence inside of all of us that's seeking to express itself in the world. And that essence is completely different for every human being. But what do we try to do? We try to compare and contrast and make ourselves be someone else. And, you know, I, I think out of this whole journey, what I found more often than not is that it hurts mm -hmm. a lot trying to be somebody else mm -hmm. because what I think I'm good at is being me. I can learn from others, but I know the essence that's within me that wants to express and I can refine it. I can go to a workshop. I can do an online course. I can find what works for others. But then inside of that, there's, there's an inner awakening that's uniquely my own that's uniquely your own and then together without trying to say my awakening is better than yours it's like no how do we lift each other up and this is the part i, I love what you shared earlier with the masculinity because instead of like the, these very big heads trying to prove themselves in the world i have more money than you no no i have the best you know car i have the best car no i have the best vaccine my vaccine is better no i show you this oh no i got and, the biggest tank yeah, and it's like rather we can take all that and say, hey, how can we put each other on each other's shoulders so that we as a humanity evolve forward? Recognizing healthy competition, but not using the place of competition to get our ego gratified. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that, whatever that is. <laughs> Nice. I'm really like, I'm really enjoying listening, you know, I, it's, there's this, <clears throat> there's, uh, as I'm listening to you, I'm just noticing what's happening inside myself, of course, and, and feeling into that and really wanting to listen without also doing often what we do is uh, we listen with the idea of, oh, I want to say something, I want to say something. Mm. And I really wanted to just listen to you to understand and to feel you and to also allow that to really sink in and permeate into, into me right now. Yeah. And <clears throat> Yeah, what I, what, what, what's coming up as you're, as you're speaking and, and painting that beautiful, you know, as I said, broader perspective. And I love the analogy of you. And I always, I don't know, always thinking of you just on this huge, big oil tanker <laughs> is kind of random for me. I don't know, because I've only met you here. So <laughs> just seeing you as the captain of those big, because they're huge, they're right? Massive. They're <laughs> I, I think the first time you said that, I was like, what? You was, you was captain of those? It's amazing. We're going to come back to a little bit of, of how that happened uh, later. Uh, yeah, but, of course. Um, yeah, so somebody wrote to me, and 
there was this idea of this idea of where we're going as a as a species like what's wanting to birth through us as you sort of just counted is this this opportunity right now like regardless of what's gone on in the world regardless of whether this um uh virus this crisis this pandemic pandemic whatever you want to call it we can if you really look you can see that so much of it has been orchestrated on one level and you can see that as a collective you know, so much needed to be faced within us from a sort of shadow perspective. Right? Mm. And I think that's what you're pointing out as well. It's like people are getting an opportunity to look from a different place than they had before. Some people never even even maybe looked into politics or looked into like where we're going as a species or looked into how society was really functioning. Right. So there's been that great opportunity with what's unfolding, which I feel many of us, like all of us here who are doing this today. And I mean, Aaron, me, you, Eric, and like other people in our field have been looking at society from that perspective many years before right mm. yeah whereas whereas new people are getting to look at it from that place now like oh my god actually the fabric of the society i've been living in is not how i thought it to be mm-hmm. oh okay shit what now mm-hmm. and and then there's what you beautifully said this idea of more choice even though as things are crumbling it might seem that we're having less choice or there's these powers that be or forces of control that want to um uh, let's say, confine us and imprison us even more and hold on to those limits of control. You know, energetically, I'm talking now, it's like there's these limits of control that have had many of us in a state of hypnosis or neurosis or or, or I like to call it the invisible prison, right? And that's even getting an opportunity to crumble. So people are going like, wow, what else is here? And you said the beautiful words, who am I right now? Mm. How do I want to contribute to this? Uh, Where do I want to put my focus, right? So that's very exciting. And then I feel like there's this sense of um, looking at the, so if we talk of like the word ascension and we look at the idea of like there's a there's a space beyond right and wrong, good and bad, beyond duality, right? There's this there's this other other space where we can actually uh, put our focus and move ourselves into, right? Some talk of it as being I don't really do the whole D, five D, three D, four D. I don't know how many Ds, you know, but like this idea that we as a collective really are shifting into a whole new way of how we relate, how we see ourselves, even as this idea of as a physical human. Mm. So what I'd like you to talk to, because I know that you do a lot of work in relationship to the masculine, the feminine, and the shadow, is what do we have to face and let go of mm. in order to transcend into a different state of being? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or to then create even different realities of community, of, of the way that we engage with, with life. Yeah. Does that, does that, does that yeah, resonate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing that, that comes to mind with that is this, what I was sharing earlier about this conversation of mastering the human experience. So we are this soul in this body, and this body is made up of positive charges and negative charges. It has a masculinity, it has a femininity, it has a feminine principle, it has a masculine principle. We know the masculine principle better, being in a male body, but we also have a feminine essence to us. So. What I've found is that until I can actually master my masculinity and my femininity, then the, the place of me wanting to be a beneficial presence on this planet is new, normally just an illusion because until I'm more integrated here, then it's difficult to show up more powerfully in the world. And the way that integration happens and those listening is 
utilize the world around you as a reflective lens. You know, there's a saying in that we're all one and everything is a reflection. Well, for one, every single personality characteristic you have to own inside of here. So anything that you suppress gets expressed on the outside. So if I'm suppressing my anger, then often my beloved will probably do a good job of, of expressing her anger. And then if I judge that and saying, wow, you're really angry. I don't know what angry looks like. She's probably going to get even more angry because I'm not owning that inside of me. And so your relationships, your family dynamic, all the people that are close to you are great mirrors to show us the parts that we haven't been willing to look at. And if we're not willing to look at it, the mind can only push it away for so long. It's like there's this like eerie little fish inside of us that at some point is going to say, hey, look at me. And that happens in that 5% of the time when you lose your head, when you lose awareness, when you're pissed off beyond belief, when you've lost all presence. And so the, the, the key to real awakening is to utilize life as school. And so if I can utilize life at school, anytime I'm hearing the words inside of I'm upset because she did this, or I'm upset because he did this, or I'm upset because this happened, dot, 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 then it's an opportunity to say, hey, it's time to go to school. It's time to look at my external world as a place of what's happening in my inner reality. Mm -hmm. And so this external world is a reflection of the inner reality, but we have to learn how to use it that way. And uh, like, you know, as you were mentioning, one of the big things I found in this journey is that there were a lot of feminine characteristics that I had been denying. So as I, you know, kind of dropped deeper into this world of Tantra, I've been teaching and speaking for probably 15 years now, initially more in the realm of consciousness and personal development. And, and this is all definitely within that. But there was a big denial of kind of the feminine essence inside of me. And then as I merge more deeply into like descending into the uncomfortability and the, the awkwardness and the weirdness, I could start to assimilate those energies in greater congruency in my day-to-day -day life. And the result of that is I noticed more financial abundance. I noticed my relationships had more grace and ease because I was not suppressing everything here and having everything expressed on the outside, I was allowing myself to be oh, in the totality of everything within me. It's like our human experience is sadness, it's pain, it's suffering, it's happiness, it's all of it. And what I see a lot of people trying to do is let me go to the love. Let me go to the, this love that isn't equilibrated, this love that has the illusion of its only white picket fences and, you know, popcorn and, you know... Sounds like a dodgy love. Pearly Sunday days, you know, whatever it is. Exactly, a, a dodgy love that isn't real, whereas love really is the synthesis and synchronicity of complementary opposites. But we, the only way that we can have a true transcendent love is by recognizing what both sides of those opposites. So if you're listening and you're like a very driven, you know, purposeful man or woman and you have no kind of feeling uh, part of you that's in your receptivity, 
then there's a part of your being that you're denying. Whereas if you're always just in the flow and in the wind and the waves and there's no like drive and penetrative presence, then you're kind of denying that part. So what I find is that in the, the journey for a human to, to be a more inspirational presence, they have to integrate these parts. And that's been a big part for me. Like I know penetrative power and presence. I come from military government background. I know how to lead men. I know how to lead groups. I know how to step into a on stage and just completely captivate and draw and, and lead people wherever I want to take them. What I had to learn more of is how to actually have a healthy expression of my emotions and how to not you know, react so much to what I was seeing and actually take a moment to reflect and to pause. And I say all this because this is actually where the, you know, th th this work hits the ground. We can have, you know, great conversations and pontificate upon the meaning of the universe for as long as we want. But until when you're in your relationship and your beloved pisses you off and you don't go to reaction and, and deflection and, and be, being, you know, labeling them in judgment and actually take personal responsibility, that's a, a first step in human evolution. Right. So the, 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 the way that we do that is seeing the different polarities that are around us, recognizing what we've denied, and then utilizing it as a place for transformational growth and, and evolution. Yeah, in, in, in terms of every relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Every, every interaction is an opportunity to see where you're functioning from, how you're showing up. And then from how you're showing up as a, let's say, a more, in, I'm going to use that word integrated, a more integrated human, yeah, then we can actually be a leading example of something new. Or, in fact, I would say something new can birth through us, right? Mm -hmm. Because I notice in myself, whenever I'm, you know, practicing or wanting to be uh, a more loving, compassionate, empathic being right and, and what that requires because that that wasn't a natural state of being for me that wasn't a that you know, wasn't my default right mm -hmm. so it's like when i start to bring these new behaviors in and <clears throat> and look at these behaviors that have come from let's say more of a uh, pain or shadow or um you know past experiences that maybe you know made me act and react in certain ways that i don't want to and then you can start to measure ah oh, how did i just respond right there right or like you said your partner just goes crazy or something happens you're like okay how do i how do i how did i just respond mm -hmm. you know, did i respond with openness awareness empathy did i take full responsibility that whatever's going on in this field right now is also some part of my doing right there's something <laughs> there for me in this moment unless it wouldn't be there mm -hmm. um is that what you're you know it's what you're pointing to right that's like a like a greater awareness of of what you are actually uh, receiving from the mirrors as opposed to uh, uh, pushing them away like that can't be me you're actually saying that's a feedback loop to look at what's going on inside of me absolutely and and you know I think so often what I hear people you know they'll get into a relationship and then they're like oh the same pattern happened the same thing existed and then they'll go into another one two years later oh yeah I did, you know the same thing happened again and then three years and it's just like and what's the common denominator inside of every instead of inside of every one of those dynamics is you is, is the individual. So there's this part of us that loves to hit our head against a brick wall over and over and over again, thinking that we're going to have a different result. Mm. But the result actually changes when we can take a moment to reflect on what is that brick wall trying to show us. And then I can 
oh, maybe I need to build around it. Maybe I do need to move through it. Maybe I can see and reflect and learn from it as a way to, to move forward in this, this evolution of my soul. And, but what that requires is taking responsibility for where upset lies, taking responsibility of where you're blaming, shaming, criticizing others, where you're blaming and shaming governments, um, you know, all these different agenda institutions, yes. all the things that are happening right now, and take responsibility for that. Because at the end of the day, inside this human journey, there's always going to be peace. There's always going to be war. It's part of our duality. But what matters is how I relate to the peace, is how I relate to the war. And if I'm having a judgment on the war, then I need to look at what's happening here. If I'm having a judgment or a belief that it should only be peace, then I need to look at where I'm denying the war inside of me. You know, so often I see people protesting, you know, for, for, for peace and protesting for these things, but the actual protest is creating more war because they're not owning the part inside of them that's at war inside of themselves. Or when, in this conversation of, of, you know, conscious sexuality, where people are, you know, holding their boundaries, but they don't know how to hold boundaries because they can't hold boundaries within themselves. So everything that's happening on the outside is a reflection of what is the dynamic on the inside. In our loving relationships, our, our, our deep, intimate relationships, there's nowhere to hide. Mm -hmm. and, and when we think there is some place to hide, what do we do? We get divorced. And then 10 years later, we're in the exact same dynamic with a new partner, a new individual. And we're like, oh, the same thing happened to me again. Oh, my God. How did this happen? Oh, my God. And it's like you go round, and round. round and round in this big Ferris wheel. And instead, it's like the awakening happens when you can say, wow, okay, let me pause and reflect here and, and see what is the situation actually showing? Where can I take responsibility? Maybe it's not all their fault. Maybe I, there's, some, there's some places where I can take responsibility to grow. Because, but what that requires is that love is at the center. Mm. Love is at the center in friendship and in relationship, in business, and the part of our mind that wants to overpower another so that way we, we feel good about ourselves has to fucking die. And, and the, the part of our, our, us that is like doing things just so we're, oh yeah, look at me, I'm, I'm great. I'm this great persona in the world. Like let that die and then see what's being birthed underneath that. Mm -hmm. Let that die that wants to you know, get the new job or do the new thing just so you can get mommy and daddy's approval, but rather like feel all that desire to get that approval and then assimilate that in the body. And then there's literally spaciousness that opens up in our body because all of these different spinning reverberations of the past that we didn't love and appreciate and the projections in the future that we're, we think we, we want to create a reality that isn't balanced in nature, that it has more good than bad. We need to bring those all to balance in the future, bring those all to balance in the past, so that the essence of who we are is actually in this present moment, as so many sages, as so many people have talked about. But the only way to do that is using life around us as a laboratory for our growth. And, and anything that we've denied, if we're going to go sit in Vipassana, you know, 10 times a year for, for 10 days, and then inside we're still denying our emotional body, it doesn't fucking work. 
It's like, it's great. It's a great principle. But if you're denying your, your emotions inside, then it's just going to show up in some other way. And this is really where the other piece inside of all this, where I'm, I'm really excited about, because what I feel like is happening is this is our culture and our world is creating a place of greater feminine leadership, of greater feminine leadership, both in a male body and a female body, where our, it's not that our emotions are just going to run amok and it's just, there's no structure and order, but rather it's like I can feel all of that while this full presence inside of me. You know, in, in Tantra, we talk, talked about it like the Shiva Shakti, Shiva being that masculine principle of just pure presence that just observes all of the world around. And Shakti is a swirling energy of, of everything. And when those two energies merge inside of meditation, inside of life, then true essence gets revealed, true creativity gets revealed, true capacity to actually create the life that we want to create, not creating the life that denied either sides of that. Right. Mmm. Mm. Juicy. Yeah. Juicy. What's, a, what's really, I'm going to jump straight in there because there's a couple of things that are popping up for me is a burp for one. <laughs> um, the energetic release that was, yes. and yeah, is this? So when I hear, when I hear you, or I hear others, and, and we hear that idea, like there's always going to be war, and there's always going to be duality, right? And I know there's obviously the the the, the explorers of non-duality, yeah. But in inside of that, I guess, and I'm a raging optimist, right? But I guess this this for me, what I get excited about and turned on about is this idea of that integration of that union within the self right mm. the union of what you just described these polarities coming together the awareness deepening our connection to that yin that yang that shakti that shiva the you know um the the polarities that harmony that balance that coherence that comes what excites me is as that happens more and more in the individual than in the collective i actually see that there won't be war mm. right so, to, and I know that that might sound far out. It's like, well, no, that doesn't mean there won't be challenge. That doesn't mean there won't be, um, you know, stuff that comes up. But I find that the reason why there's so much war, so much sexual trafficking, so much violence, so much uh, violent communications, all of the, you know, the list that we could go through is because there hasn't been that integration in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess, you know, my, my, my mind, my creative idea goes into like, wow. And, uh, and that doesn't mean I'm saying, oh, it's all got to be, it's all got to be good, you know, because again, I'm, I'm even sort of seeing beyond even right, wrong, good and bad. It's, it's like that moving into, I guess, a hum, the word that's popping up in this moment is just a, a more harmonious connection to all that is a sort of symbiotic relationship with everything right mm -hmm. as we see in nature as we see in ourselves as we start to awaken to our nature natural state nurture you know as we start to see how we've been engaging with everything outside of ourselves the way we're pillaging the land the way we're mining it or the way we're we're wiping it out not to say any of that's even wrong it seems that that's been a necessary 
unfolding this it wouldn't have happened right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it feels that when we're having these conversations i get this sort of exciting spurge if that's even a word dara always says that's not a word a spurge <laughs> i like it even if it's not a word i like I, it for, for me it sounds like something really <laughs> spurging <laughs> spurging into reality <laughs> spurging into existence she's like i'm sure that's not a word um, but the, yeah this this of 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 what's possible, I guess, and mm. I mean, you know, you know, I'm quite inspired by uh, Joe Dispenza. Some call him Doctor Joe Dispenza, and 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 not not just him, as if like he's the only one that's speaking this. He's not. This is ancient wisdom that he's sort of bringing through more to the common marketplace. Let's say it's just this idea of really, if we play with infinite potential and infinite possibilities, then I like to play in that realm, mm. that 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 quantum field, he would call it, or that that spaciousness that really is a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And if we can, if what we can, um, you know, perceive we can actually bring to us, then I'm like all for, you know, what can we play with? Yeah. What can we really come together collectively and manifest into this soup? You know, I'm like, wow, that, mm -hmm. that enlivens me, excites me. So that's not, you know, so I'm like, why not create a world where, you know, there is no war because that war doesn't need to exist because that war is about domination, power and the the suppression of the integration of the feminine. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to we're going to go into that now. We have to go into this now because I know you do work in this field around the, the, the feminine inside the man. And you, you work with the And I really want us to talk a bit about that today because I think it's very rare when I hear you talking about that, you know, with like the, the inner the inner girl in us and, mm. and so on. So I'm going to come to that. Yeah. But just before we jump onto that. I'm reading this phenomenal book by the founders of the Tamira Project, okay. and it's called um, "And They Knew Each Other." Yeah, and they're talking about um, love without fear, free sexuality, love without fear, and not this. And a lot of people have an idea that in Tamira, everyone's just fucking everyone, and it's big a big, orgy. it's a big orgy, <laughs> and so on. And it's just that's yeah, not yeah, the yeah, case yeah, that yeah. I'm I'm picking up from yeah. the people that I know who have been there. But this idea of Really, love without fear, mm. right? Love with jealousy does not exist in fear. Mm. And then this sense of the work that is required within ourselves, which you pretty much just painted there in that lovely monologue, is to look inside, to really purify and refine what has to be felt and released in order for us to open up to that real love, that mm -hmm. real love where there is no fear. Mm. It doesn't exist, mm -hmm. right? So I'd love you, if you want to speak to any of that, you can, yeah. please do, because maybe there's something sparking. And then maybe weave that into the work you've been doing with not just men, right? Men and women, but mm -hmm. you've been working with men to look at their inner girl and women to look at their inner boy. Is that how you describe yeah, it? Yeah, 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 bring, yeah. Bring that in, weave that in. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the piece I'm hearing you say is around kind of this like flow state. And this flow state that I feel like a lot of people in this entrepreneurial world and in this you know world that want to see something greater are kind of aspiring and creating and, and manifesting. And I think this flow state is beautiful. And I'm saying flow state, I'm meaning, meaning this place where there is masculine feminine integration, where there is a, a union between the yin and the yang and, and all of these polarities inside. And from that, a, a different transpersonal essence is revealed. And, you know, the, the piece, you know, it's a great, we could probably have a whole conversation, but a, around the war, it's like, 
what I see often happened is, yeah, we need challenge in order to move forward, but a lot of people are wanting to create almost this utopian world, which I, I think is great. But to create a utopian world without a recognition that inside of any experience in this human, human dimensionality, there is always polarity. And sometimes what I hear the conversation is, is wanting to create this utopian world, but denying polarity. So you see that happen in, in people developing communities and, and all of this and have these great aspirations. But then life happens and differences happen and challenges happen. And, and this is why I love the field of Tantra, because it includes all of that as being divine. And so any part of us that's denying our pain, trying to seek pleasure, needs to find the gift of the pain and needs to recognize that all of that is inside of this big um, painting of perfection. But the only way to have an experiential comprehension on a body level of the perfection of our world is to know both of those sides very deeply and intimately so that when the, these two, you know, and there's actually like there's a central channel in our body and then you have a, you know, the Ida and the Pingala, these two nadis, and this is this masculine and feminine. And as those two unite, then this flow from the crown of our head to our base, our kundalini snake-like energy awakens and that's how we express into the world. But what is ex what exists for a lot of humans is that there's all these little like knots in these little blocks and the the part of our brain that is trying to create a world where these blocks it's like oh i, I want to put this in a dark dreary cave and i don't ever want to feel this right. and it, to to really step into this greater world means that you have to feel all of the stuff and all of the pain and all of the discomfort and all of the questions and all of the confusion that's happened in our past because that's made us the perfection of who we are. Mm. And so a real flow state exists when we're in this like beautiful soup of pure presence, of pure everything, of pure presence, of pure everything. And we're dancing back and forth and we see it all and then we're like, ah, oh, this is this world that I want to create. I can recognize that there's going to be challenges. I can recognize that there's going to be happiness. I know that there's going to be sadness. I'm willing to feel all of that because I don't want to deny any of my humanness. And, you know, what I see happen sometimes in these in spiritual contexts is that people are trying to deny humanness to try to go to this godlike realm but they're only, they're, it's just a big spiritual bypass. Of we're in this body, so let's have a good fucking time while we're here. And we, we, we've, we've done a lot. We've had joy. We've had challenges. And the only way to move through all of that is to feel it all deeply and completely. And the way I'll, I'll connect that into the, the male body journey, it's like the, the, the dark part of my masculine energy and when I'm talking about dark part of uh, energy I mean like the dark masculine and that's the energy in the world that rapes and pillages and destroys and has no morals and just completely destroys that's a very unhealthy expression of that but the healthy expression of that energy is this masculine penetrative power that knows 
how to seed, how to create, that knows how to cut through all the bullshit to say, I'm going to penetrate with love to cut through everything else so that love actually is what is flourishing and growing. But in order for that energy to feel, you know, like it has permission to run, it's about creating safe spaces that allows that to run in a healthy way, which means sometimes getting a fucking pillow in front of you and just mm -hmm. screaming and like, letting all the frustration to mother, father, past lover, present lover, all the things well, and just everything, letting it go. Because if it doesn't come out here, then it's going to come out in relationship. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the connection of that is like, there's, so we have this dark masculine. I won't go into dark feminine energy. That's another whole discussion. But in order for the, the tender, very creative, expressive kind of little girl inside of us all, like, and I say little girl, because you know, like if you look at a little boy and a little girl, often in the schoolyard, the little boy is building houses. Not all the time, but I'm just saying in general in the polarities of it. And the little girl tends to be the one kind of, in the mysticism, in the fairies, in like connecting to other worlds. And what happens for most people is at a certain age, that little girl inside of us is like, it's not safe to be here. So she gets pushed down. She says, your weird mystic worlds aren't welcome here. You, you need to get good grades. You need to do this. You need to do that. So the creative expression of the feminine, again, whether in male body or female body, gets pushed down and suppressed because we have to be ooh, logical, straightforward, do, 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 go memorize as much as you can, be great in school, do this. And the creative expression, again, not for all, often gets lost. And those that, you know, it's not lost, you know, when you're growing up, if, if you ever tell your parents, oh, I want to be an artist, and most parents are like, yeah, that's probably not what's going to pay the rent, son. <laughs> you know, so that's generally the way society looks at that energy of the the, the, the kind of wild, free, little girl mystic that's inside of us. So she gets t compressed inside. And what happens to a little girl that gets, you know, compressed inside? She gets quite pissed off. If you look at all of, like, the worst horror movies in the world, the ones that I find scariest are the ones where the little girl turns evil. Mm. The little girl that's just like this manipulative, crazy destroyer turns evil. And if we look out into the world, most little girls inside of us don't have full permission to express and to be there because they don't feel safe. And so one of the, the energies that I work with, especially in, in these male retreats I run with men, is that I help men work with their dark masculine, the, like the penetrative protector that's annihilating everything inside that doesn't you know, serve love. And then awaken the little girl as well. Because when these two polarities can, can be worked with and can be opened, everything changes. Because finally, the little girl feels permission to, to write her beautiful poetry, to express, you know, dance. To, to dance, to, to smell the flowers. Because she knows inside is a very strong masculine protector that's saying, I fucking got you, honey. And most beings, bodies, don't feel safe in the body. And so we go into these altered, like, out-of-body experiences through drugs, through plant medicine, through all these things, and then we're trying to assimilate it into our life 
which can happen, but then another weekend we're doing the same thing. We're in these crazy outer dimensional worlds trying to integrate it, and then we're doing it again. And what does it do? It just becomes another addiction because we can't feel all the pain and the frustration that was pushed down upon us at a young age. Mm. So what all of this is welcoming is a place where I can feel my fucking animal that wants to destroy and annihilate and, and like cut heads and sever bodies and destroy the planet. I can run that energy in a healthy way. I'm definitely not condoning to go do that. Mm -hmm. But I know that energy inside of me. I'm not denying it. I'm not denying the war that's happening in my own body. And because of that, I can feel it. And what naturally happens, and I can only share this because this is what I felt on this journey for me, is that the more I owned like the tenacity and the fierceness of my animal, both in the bedroom, out of the bedroom, in life, then I started to have an even greater spontaneous creative expression that can feel the wind, that can smell the flowers, that can dance, you know, in the meadow. Mm. And it's like that expression felt safe because the protector was there. Mm. The protector that, that didn't need, you know, that was able to, to be the parent for the one inside because a lot of people haven't, you know, weren't well parented. And, and that's part of the journey. That's part of the perfection. So it's a reparenting journey on the inside so that the expression of the soul feels safe enough to be heard and to be felt. Mm. And can express itself more confidently on the outer. Yeah. Right? Mm. Mm. What, I what I appreciate is that one of the things I always say is that as within, so without. Mm. So if, if we're gonna, if we really don't like what's happening on the outside, we have to go inside. And I think you today in this talk really described that process, that journey. And I guess what would be lovely is, yeah, just a, 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 a little bit of. So how when you just described now that you you found that integration and and, and found that little girl that needed some acknowledgement and support inside of you and I would go as far as saying little boy as well because we often have the wounded little boy in us as well right and we parent that and we bring awareness to those parts along the way at the whichever different ages that we got wounded right we got we got uh, some experience of of trauma some experience of pain and also a disconnection often for the for the men in us, a disconnection from our, love, our mother's love, mm. and for the, the the women often a disconnection from the father's love, right? That's sort of a, again, sure. a, maybe a slight generalization, but I think that normally correlates to most, most when we go deep inside. So I'd love you just to, yeah, just to share a little bit, because you mentioned that you also was, you know, in the... Um, in the war for a while, mm. and then, well, you was a, well, I don't know, you can tell, sh share a little bit of that. And, and just a little bit of your, that your journey that pulled you into that space, really, just this space where you are now. I mean, obviously you've been teaching Tantra, talking about um, self-development, you said, and, and, and so on for 15 years. But like, yeah, was there a couple of key turning points and then a few maybe past wounds that you had to you know, had to face and feel in order to be able to step into the space you're in now and to support others in that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you for asking. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, my childhood, you know, I have an older brother and sister. Both my brother's a professor. My sister works for one of the largest financial management companies in the world. And everything at a young age from my parents was, you know, be smart, 
and get good grades and everything else will work out. But what there was, was there was a lot of questions and confusions and, and there was some, <clears throat> you know, very close, um, you know, abuse that happened inside the family from family friend. And, and there's a lot of stuff that was there that created a lot of dysfunction and a lot of chaos. And I remember different points in my childhood just asking, I grew up in this kind of wealthy suburban area outside of Boston and I was like the, the kid that lived in the apartment complex in kind of the ghetto and you know my, my at one point my, we were living on family on uh, food stamps and, and welfare and my dad was living out of his car and then we lost our house and you know there was always just this turmoil and combustion and everything happening around me and there's so many times there was that question of why me like why why can't I just have a you know, be, be given a BMW and then have a beautiful house and have, you know, a father that actually makes money and, you everything know, would be okay. everything would be okay. And, and so what it did is it led me into this, this journey of self-discovery and this journey of actually tapping into my authentic, you know, true self in many ways. And, and also, you know, when I was 14, I counseled my father out of his gambling addiction still almost wow. you know 25 years uh, well however many years now later yeah quite a quite a bit i think 25 it's still gamble free but that was just like me in this two-hour drive like just kind of opening myself to source at 14 i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i just saw my dad had an issue and i wanted to support him in that and then you know when i, I went to a maritime military school um i was 19 on a ship heading to the uh, iraqi war 2002 and in this, in this time period, like, I remember I took a step out on deck. Uh, I was in the middle of the Mediterranean Ocean. And I just had this feeling. I was like, I had so much anger. I had so much expression. I just got out of the gym, and I still had more anger inside of me. <laughs> and I, I, I looked over onto the black abyss of the ocean, and I just remember this feeling inside of, like, I want to go home. Like, this, this life feels too much for me. Like, I, I don't understand why I'm here. Why am I on this ship? Why, why was childhood so difficult? There was just so much that was there. And I remember this feeling of, well, if I jump, you know, I'm definitely going to eventually drown. No one's going to find me. It was pitch dark, 2 o'clock in the morning. No one knew I would have jumped. And in that exact moment of, like, I never really contemplated death in this way before, but in the exact moment of, like, feeling almost suicidal, something shifted inside of me. There was a deeper awareness, and I went back to my computer in that moment, obviously not jumping overboard, I'm still here. And I just started to have a, a dialogue with, with a higher self, with my authentic self. I didn't know what I was doing. I just started asking myself questions. And then it was like my brain turned off and my fingers were just walking and talking and answering a lot of the questions and the confusion and the turmoil of my past. And I just created this dialogue. And you know, I did this for days and days you know, in my time off from being on the ship. And it just opened up my expansion to recognize, wow, I'm not just this human body. There's another essence of something, a higher self, authentic self, soul, whatever it is that is guiding me along this way. And then through, in my early 20s, I, I did a master's in spiritual psychology and I went deeper into the world of, okay, I can start to utilize life as a, as a classroom, as a school to, to allow the essence of my soul to be delivered. And, you know, all of this was just, you know, and, and going and spending time on the ocean. Like you know, normally when I'd be working out at sea, I'd have my 
my, my poetry books and my philosophy books and I'd be up on the bridge reading and writing and I'd just be in this whole world with the, you know, making love to the ocean. <laughs> and it just, it, the, the, the commonality inside of it was there was a quest for, for understanding human behavior, for understanding, you know, why are we here? Who are we? What is this life all about? And inside of that all, as I went deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole, what I found is that, you know, how can I on a day-to-day -day level show up in service? You know, with all of the, you know, confusion and trouble and, and, and challenges of my past, how can I utilize all of that? How can I turn that poison into nectar? And this is one of the things I love with Tantra is because all of it, the entirety of the human experience is turning anything that may be perceived as that poison and into the fruits of nectar, of life, of transformation. And, you know, I, I, I could look back upon all of those different events and find a deep space of gratitude. Mm. You know, and, and one of the memories that's coming up, I remember after I finished my, my master's degree, my mother, who was the the source of so much of my pain and so much of my like anguish and being pissed off and I would get belligerent drunk and just like you know be in New York City blacked out and just be like trying to start fights and just be like all over the place and what age, what age was that th that was in college that yeah. was about 19 through you know even after the spiritual awakening I still had so much that I didn't know what to do with all the stuff mm -hmm. inside and so after I finished university, after I finished college, I then spent years out at sea, and then I ended up doing the, this master's in spiritual psychology. This was in about mid-20s at this point. And at the end of the program, I invited her to, to come to my graduation out in L.A. And I shared with her this, this book. It was called A History of Loving. And in this book, it was just like me having an embodied, like, sense an embodied sharing of not wanting my past any differently and saying thank you mm. like thank you mom I, I am so grateful for every little mm. thing that happened along the way all the mistakes that were made all the things that I thought were mistakes that really were was this deep blessings that made that has made me the man I am and I just shared this for probably two hours and I just watched before my eyes, like her, she, we just cried and cried and cried together. And literally, and this is what I love this work so much, is that her physiology actually changed. Mm -hmm. Because by me letting go of my frustration and projections. guilt and shame and projections on her, it actually cleared that energy within her to create a deeper space of love and harmony together. Mm. And that was just like, ah, okay. Like, I, I don't know, no matter what else is happening in the world, this works because I can feel closer to the woman that brought me into this this world mm. and not closer in a way of like oh you're my mom I'm gonna own you in some weird way just like a deep honoring gratitude to mm. say thank you like thank you for everything you did that, that's what you said earlier that's a more of a trans person that's beyond the persona at that point right it, you're it, just loving everything about her and about it and it just drops all the stories the projections or you know the resentments all of it it falls away absolutely and the, but the key to do that and this is what i see people understand this in the mind because i could understand even after that like i still understood it but there was still stuff resonant, resonant no, not, no, inside not resonant, like uh, what is it called yeah still lingering Ling it's, it, energetically it was still 
uh, resentment in there or stuff in there, energy in there. Yeah, absolutely. And so as I went deeper and deeper into this journey, my mind, I could speak and, you know, and represent all these concepts till the end of the day, but my life was still showing different results. Right. And as I went deeper, and, and, and the real key, and this happened probably, you know, I, I forget how many years after that, but there was a link between consciousness and sexuality. Because for a long time, I had my coaching life, and I had my self-development world, and then I had my sex life. Right. And it was like two separate worlds. And I had this tantrika, this woman come in my life, who was just like, I watched everything unify and merge. And then I really began to understand the healing modality of, our, of sexuality, and not something that gets repressed, but rather that something is fully celebrated, because it's in the celebration, it's in the full inclusion of all of the shame and all of this discomfort that sexuality tends to hold mm -hmm. for people, that even greater healing happened in my body, even greater clearings of some stars, even greater clearings of these knots of, of where I was giving my power away or where I wasn't willing to step into my power. And, and I think that is the, the super crucial piece inside of all of this because you can be listening to this right now and understand and say yeah, okay yeah, I, need, yeah. I, I need to find perfection for my past and I need to you know remember the you know that everything is perfect but if it's just a concept and the body still has a different reality mm -hmm. then it's about doing somatic body-based work and going in and be beginning to feel and give expression through breath through sound through movement of all of the stuff that, that was not felt at a young age. Beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm loving that you brought it back to the sexuality because that's where we, you know, I really wanted to sort of bring it round to. And I love what you shared then. I just want to just go a bit more into your story just for people listening, just to unpack that a little bit. So that you've mentioned a few times Tantra and, and that journey into that. But there, well, thank you for sharing that, by the way. And, hmm. and also sharing about the experience with your mother. It's beautiful. Um, so yeah, where just just to just to bring it in, just where where was the link to drop into tantra, or I know you said you had the tantrika and then she she brought you in and then was that an initiation through her? What what made you start to explore tantra and and the way that and and also maybe you can give your words of what tantra means to you because I know tantra can be very you know different for many people and, and misunderstood yeah, big time and then also. I love how you've brought it around to sexuality because, as you know, that's been my, my journey. And in the last few years, a realization that, yeah, we can do all these practices, we can have all these concepts, but if we don't go into our rose, what I call the anus, the rosebud now, we don't go into our sexuality and look at all of the deeper layers of dysfunction that are in there that we've sometimes not even been aware of or bypassed or haven't moved enough layers in order to then welcome that. Because if we just dive sometimes straight into there, that can be actually too much for people. It's like, mm -hmm. what the hell? And then, but if we can slowly ease our way into our sexual center, because I know you, you might know this, but people listening, you know, I call my whole self a genital now, right? And it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I, I sometimes think of my youth and maybe people going, yeah, well, you're just a cock, you know, you're just an ass or whatever. It's like, well, on some level, that's actually oh, true well, that's now. True, yeah, we've yeah. sort of gone full circle to that, right? So I always laugh at that, but really, when I integrated, let's say, my sexual center into my whole being, and I'm continuing to do that by no means saying that I've arrived anywhere, I realized that that feeling of wholeness, that real true sense of deeper connection of that merging that you described, that's coming into more union, 
and then having that coherence into the outer was actually or has been actually more accessed mm. and that's a beautiful so yeah so just maybe just bring in a little bit of how how and why you came into tantra and a little bit of that journey and um and how that links into yeah how that links into what you just sort of ended on really of, of that um breath movement and sound and and so on does that does that feel cool yeah, yeah, we'll yeah sort of, of wrap it up around R there. wrap it up yeah, around yeah, yeah, there yeah, yeah. Does that feel, uh, it feels good yeah yeah the, what really led me more deeply into this field of Tantra was recognizing, you know, having a lot of clients and doing a lot of work in self-development with consciousness and a lot of, you could say, like, heart up, was that what I noticed was most of the, the stagnation, most of the issues resided more in the base, in the base around our kind of first and second chakra, like our... That are, are areas of, you know, where our sexuality exists. And so, and I noticed that within myself as well. So as I went deeper into my own personal journey of uncovering where, where are my uncomfortabilities around my sexual energy with connecting with others, with, with connecting with myself, and I really allowed myself to express more of that. And most people do think Tantra is just a big orgy, but the beautiful thing about Tantra is it's one of really the only like healing modalities, one of the only spiritual traditions, one of the only lineages where sexuality is included. Right. And it includes practices in the crown. It includes practices in expressing and igniting your power in the voice. It includes practices of the heart, of the emotions, but it's also including sexuality. And the reason that I was just my was kind of drawn into that space was just seeing that tends to be the greatest issues on the planet is around sex, money, power. Boom. Boom. Like that's if we can narrow it all down, sex, money, power, you know, th there's so much issues around that. So I'm, I, I knew that in my journey as a transformational coach, as a, somebody who wants to help support others in their awakening, that I had to get into the sexuality piece. Mm -hmm. And I can still find, I, I find people that, you know, they're, they're just in Tantra and they're almost in this kind of red, very, everything is about sexuality and it's all about that. And then there's some more like a white Tantra where it's only about deity worship and only about connecting all of this. And my, my partner Raven and I run, you know, Alaya Tantra School together. And the thing I love, love about it, and it's really the path, it was beautiful. Like she was having her own path that actually created the school before me. And then I came in and our, our world just uh, beautifully um, you know, intertwined. So, intertwined. And it's, it, we're, we're, we're bringing and supporting both red tantric practices, white tantric practices, and merging that at the heart and allowing actually this essence of the heart to express. So you can say it's more of like a rose tantra because mm -hmm. we're incorporating both sides of that. And the, the importance of it is that what I saw in the self-development field is so many people who would speak and teach from one thing from stage and then their lives would dictate something completely mm -hmm. different. And I would just like, as a young man in my 20s, I worked, you know, part of that journey, I worked for a self-development company. We had thousands of authors around the world, people sharing their stories of, thank God I was raped and thank God my son died. And that my story was, thank God I was raised in chaos. It's still a, you know, a very uh, highly functional series right now. I'm not uh, involved in it anymore. But I would see, you know, inside of that or in, inside of a lot of the other people in self-development saying one thing, but lives dictating something else. And I'm like, 
I want to get underneath. I want to get underneath all of that mm. so that the essence of who I'm showing up as in my best capacity is in a deeper transmission of truth, mm -hmm. is in a deeper transmission of love. Because that's what I feel like at the, you know, at the core of any deep, profound journey into the cosmos, the essence of my being wants to support the planet in waking up to the wisdom of the soul, to waking up into the wisdom of love that actually gets redefined and recreated, but is grounded and is not airy-fairy fuckers lost in the sky but can't actually hold a fucking job. It's like doing so in a way where people are like, checking in and saying, ah, like, this feels good. I, I need to change my job or this relationship doesn't, doesn't work anymore. I need to own my own power and hold my boundaries. Whatever the situations happening in life around, this playing field is alive within us to, to step into who we truly are. And you know, the, 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 I'm, I'm feeling inspired. I just want to share a prayer for, for really for humanity because it's, we're at such a unprecedented moment right now. And, you know, my, my deep prayer for each one of you is just to take a nice deep breath into your belly right now. <sighs> to feel this circulating energy of, of love, of truth. And maybe there's pain, maybe there's discomfort. Can you sit and be with that discomfort? Because my prayer to all of you is to no longer give that pain to someone else, no longer to project that uncomfortability onto someone else to make that situation, try to fix itself. Be the primal creator of your own reality. Be the primal creator of how you want to show up into life. And as Viktor Frankl said so strongly, so beautifully in Man's Search for Meaning, they can take everything away, but they can't take away your capacity to choose. They can't take away your capacity to, in this moment, choose what's truly in alignment of the love inside of your soul. So my prayer is to remember who you really are, is to remember that the essence of, of your existence is here. There's a gift, there's a wisdom, there's an aliveness inside of you that's seeking to express, that's seeking to be felt, to be heard, to be resonant out into the world. But what that requires is to mine down deep into the shadows, into the unconscious, into all of the uncomfortabilities, allowing that emotion, allowing all of that to rise up inside and to be the change you want to seek in the world, to be the one that's setting the new example, to be the one that's not blaming and shaming and criticizing all the things that you don't want, that, that you see isn't working on the outside, but rather what is working. So asking yourself right now, here and now, what is working in life and what do you want to see more of? What would loving yourself more look like right now? What would loving your friends, loving your f family, loving your neighbor look like more right now? And let that essence be what is created, be what is felt, be what is heard out into the world. Nice deep breath in. Ah. Hmm. 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 Hmm.
Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Hmm. It's a fun journey, brother. <laughs> you know, we've been, we've been, we've been all over. <laughs> it's nice. It's beautiful. How are you yeah. feeling now in this moment? I know. Um, yeah, you know, as you as you arrived and how you feel now. How, what, mm. how are you feeling to close out? I feel good. I feel deeply grateful for for your presence, for your um, gregarious laughter that that, fe that feeds a part of me that I, I I love. Like I feel such deep permission with you, just to express freely and deeply. And I love the the reflection of truth that you offer in this you know journey of of humanness and this brotherhood. So thank you for. Mm -hmm. For, for having your podcast and creating, mm. you know, creating your beauty and magic and following your soul's truth. I think that's the, the, the piece that I feel so deeply and where we're at right now as a humanity is a longing inside of so many people to, to stop doing what they think they need to do and actually start listening. And that listening might be slowing down and, and you know, hibernating again for a month just mm -hmm. to listen even more deeply. But all of the voices that are trying to guide you in other directions, there's, there's a one singularity voice that can shift and change. But when, we, when we're on it, we know it because all the fibers in our cells get fucking turned on. Mm -hmm. the, you know, our, our, our cock arises and says, fuck yes, this is what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and that's, I guess the, the, that last piece is like that sexual energy, as you know so well, too. That sexual energy can fuel so much creative potential mm. when it doesn't need to be you know released in a three second you know ejaculation or a three second clit orgasm whatever it is when that sexual energy is harnessed and utilized for the purpose of the soul like yeah fucking mm. every, everything is possible <laughs> <laughs> nice mm. love you brother <laughs> mm. hmm I use the word nice, but more than nice, you know what I mean? It's just like you're just plugging me into the infinite potential that we spoke about earlier, but I feel that's really, yeah, I just feel enriched. I feel enriched listening to you, my, you know, of course, my, my uh, you know, I don't even know what to call it, just my creative juices are flowing and ideas, and, and I just take so much from these conversations, you know. Mm. I receive so much transmission from you, I get to know you more, I get insights from what your experiences have been. And uh, I really feel that those that catch this conversation will grab what they need to grab. And that's all Close. beautiful. Yeah. And we got to hang out in your place. Absolutely. And I want to thank beautiful Eric for being with me on this little new series and coming on these talks and, and capturing for you to listen. So this has been another Simon Transparently showing up with my new friend, Aaron. You'll probably see or hear more from us along the way. And uh, yeah, wherever you are in the world. I hope you can take that little prayer from Aaron today and I hope that sinks in. And if it did resonate in some way and you want to send us a message, we'd love to hear from you because, you know, this is where we're really focusing ourselves to support more and more people to step into their truth. That's really what this whole conversation is about. So thank you so much for being with us. This is our time to rise.